time for two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is uh, Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 251, and we are live from the city of Sydney in the foyer of a, of a beautiful building, which we've just picked randomly because we're both in the city of Sydney. <laughs> but but we have bought a coffee well, incidentally, here. Incidentally, though, this building houses... It's Stephen Fennick here, by the way. You haven't introduced uh-huh. me yet. Oh, hi, mate. I'm Trevor Long. <laughs> the, uh, coincidentally, this is the building where Twitter's Australian office is. Amazon as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hello. Just dropping some names already. Yeah, what about the names? I mean, they're all over the floor here. Anyway, I'm just here to, to record the podcast. Stephen's here to do business, I'm sure. Um, you are listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. We do do it each and every week thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au for more information. Uh, and for more information on nearly all of these stories, you can find those at techguide.com.au or eftm.com.au. Rightio, Stephen. This is one of those topics which we could probably put in the rundown ahead of time every 10, 15 episodes because we should be talking about this all the time. And some people listening will probably want to skip forward here because you don't think cybercrime is really an issue that you need to be worried about. But this is my concern. My concern is that people do skip over cybercrime and and personal security, internet security, because they don't think it is going to affect them. But it is getting bigger it is getting worse and we have to keep talking about it. absolutely i think this is you know, you you ignore this topic at your peril i think that cyber crime and many people have been touched by this is on the rise and a recent report from semantic they, they had their quarterly internet security threat report which is very thorough but it's found that these criminals are actually getting more organised. They're, they're, they're mobilising. They're, they're adopting best business practices. They want to be more... Are they registering an ABN? Well, I don't know about that, but they want to be more efficient in what they're doing. And let's face it, this is a lucrative business. They are making money, like billions of dollars every year, uh, and they're targeting you. They're targeting me. They're targeting our listeners. So this is something we need to pay attention to, and you need to protect yourself. You need to use your common sense... We're going to talk about a few of the things that have been happening. Um, and we've talked about uh, internet security products for years and years and years. And it's and we've both had this situation where in the years gone by, we used to talk about antivirus. And we kind of got past the need to talk about antivirus because most people are pretty good on the whole don't open this email and don't do that thing. But it's got so much more intelligent than that. The phishing, um, the scams are just at a next level. And here's the thing. Um, yes, Windows comes with a product called Windows Defender. And yes, that will most likely protect you from basic malware basic viruses but if you think that that is the only concern you have then you you probably shouldn't be turning on the computer because there are bigger threats out there and that's why your Norton's Kaspersky's Trend Micros those kind of products are consistently and constantly checking those threats and and protecting people from those threats well let, let, let's not kid ourselves what cyber criminals are doing they want to get hold they want to make money how they do that, they either they, they try to dupe you and try to giving up your password and information. They try to steal your identity. The other big thing, this is on the rise, and this report, the semantic report reflected this, ransomware is on the rise. And, and I personally know of three people 
who've been affected by this. And these are tech-savvy people. These are people who innocently clicked on an email. It was a, an email that appeared to be coming from Australia Post. Yep. And these three people, the email says, look, you a, a parcel was attempted to be delivered. You weren't home. Click on the shipping label to rearrange, to a, a rearrange another yep. time. And these three people actually were missing parcels, double-clicked on the link, and it installed ransomware. So what it did, it encrypted their whole computer, literally held their computer to ransom and the files. Message appears saying, pay us $750 or your files will disappear. If you don't pay within 24 hours, it's 1500 And if you and don't... I don't want to break it to you, but if you pay the money, oh, there's yeah. no guarantee they're yeah. decrypting your exactly files. Exactly right. You're dealing with a criminal, don't forget. So you, you, you wouldn't pay the money. But if you had internet security software, it would, have, it would have raised a big red flag on that file. If you have a backup of your files... That's another little little measure you can take. So people need to arm themselves not only with software but also with the common sense and with these practices to help stop them becoming a victim. Yeah, and I think that the um, the ransomware issue. And let's let's just describe here what happens. It, it it literally puts a block on a on a portion of your hard drive, possibly all of your hard drive, possibly even the whole computer, and and it literally just sits there and says uh, if you want access to the files. And here's the thing: it's not even just something that you can then just you know reboot around because the files are actually encrypted. Now this has happened. I've seen this happen on corporate networks where one individual clicked an email that was in their junk mail folder anyway. It happened at a leading radio station recently. Really? Yes, it did. We won't name names, but I absolutely crippled a station that we won't name. I'm pretty confident it happened at a large um, Australian um, broadcaster uh, in in recent Gee, months. I wonder which that was. <laughs> but it was uh, quickly um, um, sorted out by the uh, hack, the brilliant IT team who had a wonderful leader at the time, and and the critical, <laughs> the critical, the critical learning from me for that was. The backups. I was amazed at how quickly they were able to go, radio, you know, shut the network down, do this, and then restore all the backups. And they were only in a couple of hours old, you know. So having a backup becomes that really important thing, which which means you can. It's the big middle finger to the criminals, basically, mate. You can have my you, my encryption. See you later, buddy. I'm going to reformat this hard drive. I'm 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 annoyed by it. I'm frustrated by it. But all my files are sitting there on my cloud or backup storage. Here's the thing, though, and. Uh Apparently, and I had it, I had it, one of my readers uh, email me, and and she was she said, look, I'm in tears. I'm, I'm she was she said, look, she's disabled. Her medical records are on a computer. Breaking news: Apple's got a new product. It's called the iBag. Just wait for this bloke to pick this thing up here. The iBag. He's carrying dry cleaning and suits around. Do you think Apple's getting into the suit business? It's called the iBag. I think that's taken the whole eye thing too far, don't you reckon? Anyway, we digress. I thought about something really serious about this this woman, this poor lady who, who emailed me saying that look, all her medical records are on this thing, and she didn't know what to do, and and uh, she asked, was begging for help, and I sort of helped step her through what she should do, and she, she contacted um, a, an IT expert, and, and they actually got her files back. So like she was, she was one of the lucky ones. Well, at the cost of her, the whatever cost the IT guy, oh, no. but yeah. it is going to cost. Yeah, you're right. But the 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 thing with the external hard drive. And she mentioned that she, her external hard drive was infected as well because it was connected to the computer at the time. Yeah. So you need to disconnect. Like I, I run, a, I got my iMac, I got security on my iMac at home, but I've got my Time Machine permanently connected. So technically, if ransomware hit the Mac, and there was a recent example, a recent uh, ransomware on a Mac, then 
my backup could be compromised as well. So it, it then opens the, the sort of the option of having cloud storage, which is a bit safer. Yeah, I mean, the options for backups are extensive these days, and that's why you need to take it seriously. And that's really what we're saying here. Yes, Norton's got a bunch of um, really deep, deep information from these reports, but my, my main message and ours is you have to take um, cybersecurity seriously and you have to take your backup seriously. Absolutely. I think uh, yeah, Australia's a target. Like we're, we're the number one target in the Southern Hemisphere for ransomware and number nine globally. So if you don't think you, you, you're going to be affected, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when if you don't protect yourself. You're a scary man. <laughs> well, I think it'd be, it's better to be cautious and safe than fancy free and, uh, and then in, in danger. A bunch of tips uh, from Symantec on uh, your website, techguide.com.au, both for businesses and consumers. Uh, for more information, go to techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, HTC is uh, back in the smartphone market. They did have a bit of a quiet year last year, don't you think? It was uh, well, by their own admission. They said yeah. it was a challenging year, they said. Yeah, I think the, what was it, HTC Mate, uh, M9, just wasn't... It just didn't it hit. Different it, it wasn't different enough. That's a very good point. Even though I th- still think it was a great phone. Yeah, the problem is in this day and age, you've got to cut through in a much bigger way. And it's interesting because you look at the Galaxy S7, it's a very similar phone to the S6, except for the fact that they did things that were much uh, maligned for, that, that, that were missing, the waterproof, the, the, the storage. So have got a marketing budget of about a billion dollars. Yeah, I mean, that, they do okay. That helps. So HTC have come out with the HTC 10. Um, it's no longer a mate. Goodbye. It's no mates. No, no. Uh, it's just the HTC 10. Oh, what are you trying to say? Jeez. I've just, I had one. I had one. He's sitting next to me and he brushed me. Well, you've just said I have none. I mean, make up your mind, champ. You come and go like the bloody wind. Can we get that with the eye bag back again, mate, to cheer you up or what? He was a good mate of mine. Um, the, the, now, the HTC 10, the good news is it does have a different look. Um, but unfortunately, like most Android phones, they all do look bloody well the same here. I mean, these these things are... You know, the, the, they've gone for the non-physical um, touch key. They've gone for the physical home key. They've gone for a very fast fingerprint sensor and their big wrap on, on their camera. And I, I think that's an interesting move because they've got to go hard on the camera because that's where the, the flagship phones are winning, winning the race. Here's, here's what they've done, I think. They're, they've they've n- named... They haven't, they haven't named a price yet. I think that's... Uh, it's not out till early May, but I've already got the review device, as do you. But I think what they've intelligently done is called this a mid-tier phone. They're, they, they're not daring to take... That, that's the mistake they made with the M9. It was that, like jewellery-grade finish and all that sort of stuff, which was great. But if you had a choice between an iPhone and HTC or a Samsung and HTC, nine times out of ten, they're going to lose that. Yeah. So here they've intelligently thought, well, we're a mid-tier phone, a super mid-tier phone. And, and What do you call that, 799, 699? I reckon 799. If, it, if it's any more than that... They're pushing it, yeah. I think 799 would be great. So I do like, though, the fact that they've really gone after and they've, they've, they've made it a cleaner experience. You know, it'll be the, the, you, the your sense... This, well, the blink feed, the and, feed and the sense UI. It was, it was, it was a bit, he- bit heavy. Blink feed was an unbelievable thing for publishers. You could have your po- po- content published there. You get a cut of the revenue. I think I got three and a half cents last year. <laughs> From uh, EFGM content being read on Blinkfeed. Fantastic. <laughs> That's right. I think I got four cents, but anyway. the uh, So they've done that. They've sort of paired it back. But the features, like the, the, it was voted, the camera in the DxO Mark uh, assessment of all the smartphone cameras, it, it had the equal highest score of a smartphone camera. Mm. So that, that's got one thing going for it. 
Uh, the fact that it has less of the bloatware means it's really fast to use. It's also got air airplay compatibility. What about that? For yeah, audio, not video. That's right. But on the audio side, it's they do that. high-res audio capability. High-res audio on board this thing. So you think about what we use our phones for. Taking photos and listening to stuff. Well, that's two, that's two of the things they've looked after right there, which is really smart. Now, this isn't a review. This is just us talking about the fact that it's out. Still no pricing. Review will be up probably next week. We'll talk about it the next podcast. But I think good to see HTC back in the mix. The design is really nice. Yeah, look, I think I think they've done a good job to, to switch away. And as you say, it still looks very premium. There's no doubt. It looks and feels premium. But it for some reason, it doesn't have that extra edge. And actually, that makes it look much like a more consumable phone. Um, I don't think they've cut any corners, even though they've clearly saved some costs. You know what I mean? And I think so. I think you're right. If it's seven ninety nine, it's um, it's a great price point. That's mid tier. So it's going to be competing rather than competing against Apple and Samsung. It's going to be competing against Sony and LG and all yeah. these other companies. So, you know, HCC in the past have made a lot of headway. And in years gone by, they they were they were making they were ranking really well. But now uh, I think with, with after a and by their own admission, a challenging 2015, mm. this could be just the device to bring them back into it again. And it's an interesting time for them because they are doing very well in terms of um, exposure through the HTC Vive, yep. which at, at, its yes. very, at its very launch seemed like a ridiculous gimmick um, for them to be involved in, but they have invested so heavily in that. And while that is not a consumer device, let me be clear, that is a very high-end device. Yeah. It's, and it requires a physical setup in rooms and stuff. This... Um, should piggyback on the HTC brand awareness, though oh, no, nothing like your, your yeah. Sony's and your Samsung's. You, you look at, I think the afterglow effect has worked well for other companies, like you know Apple back in back in the day before they even had a phone had a quite a strong reputation for computers and iPods. Yeah. Now look at them. So HTC, this afterglow from the Vive, it can't hurt them. I think it's going to play in their hands. The old afterglow effect, hey. Eh? Very good. That's the HTC. How I feel after every podcast, mate. I have a lovely afterglow. Is that right? I really don't want to take that conversation any further than that. There's anything wrong with it. <laughs> HTC 10 details at techguide.com.au and at eftm.com.au. Well, this was an interesting one to me. Um, you know, I've been banging on about Apple Pay. We've been banging on about Apple Pay since it was since we well, were I there. Haven't used it though. You have used it though. Since we were there at the launch of yeah. the Apple Watch and the yep. concepts of Apple That's Pay and all those different 18 things. Eighteen months ago. Yep. It's a long time ago. And November nineteen last year, AMX launched it here in Australia. Do and you I've, remember the date? I do. Do you remember even when you ran wedding anniversary? Oh, that's easy. It's New, New Year's Eve. Eve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I still, mate, here's what, I'll give an example of, of Apple Pay's brilliance. To me, I, I had a car, I went plane spotting the other morning down near the airport because I had I an hour, my hour free. Feed. Yep. And, you um, my way then. Yeah. Why don't you drop in and oh, say day, mate? You don't have any planes at your joint. <laughs> they do fly over sometimes. Yeah, that's not the kind of plane spotting I'm into. Okay. So, so anyway, so the car I'm in is, is it like nearly empty? And I don't, I never return press cars empty. I like to return them full. With well, maybe not full, but with yeah, right. with some that, juice in the that, tank. What's what's the policy there? You sort of it's some of them. Some got, of them you've got to have some juice. In some it. of them say return it full, but really? others don't say a thing. Right. But on, you know, behind the scenes, the bloke at the garage is going, "Mate, what an asshole! He just returned it on empty <laughs> tank." Right. So I don't want to be that guy. So exactly. I've so gone. I've gone plane spotting. Yeah, half tank. Yeah. And I've gone. I've gone to that BP just near the airport. Yep. All right. Oh, now I've, I've put the nozzle McDonald's in the door. tank. McDonald's yep. I've put the nozzle in the tank and I've I've patted my my rear pocket to check my wallet. Wasn't there. 
Whoopsie. The bloke behind me saw me do it. I put the nozzle back in the thing. I walked in to the, to the shop and I said, do you take Amy? She goes, yes. I said, oh, good. But I said, do you take tap and go, Amy? She goes, no. She also goes, we get charged extra for that. I said, you do not. That's a lie. But I'm not going to have this argument with you now. Um, because I've, I, I'm well, fully... Were you worried about the mate? Or yeah. what were you doing? Anyway, so I've got in the car and I've realised my only chance to fill up and get a Coke is to find a Shell service station because I know they Shell. accept... Shell, except uh, Amex Tap and Go. So you had to leave BP. So I left BP, went shield, for a drive. Shell not far from my place to pay to a day. Seriously. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to your place. I was heading to Parramatta. Okay. So I wasn't going to go... You're near the airport, though. Okay. ...wheeling around. So anyway, the GPS said... What about how we... You mentioned earlier we digress. We have digressed pretty badly. <laughs> so anyway, I've, I've without a wallet, I've been able to fill my car up with petrol, tap my watch, and go, and I'm done. Happy days. I've got a question, mate. Yeah. Who leaves home without their wallet? It was an accident. <laughs> it was an accident. Lucky we were meeting for lunch, otherwise I would have had to pay that day, wouldn't yeah, I? Yeah, well, unless they take Apple Pay. I, I anyway, <laughs> big thanks to our good friends at LG who, who did pick up lunch that day. There you go. So, uh, <clears throat> very good listeners of the program. The um, So, anyway, I digress massively. The, the frustration here is why don't the banks have it? And now, the problem here is in America, the banks are all over it because it's huge advance for them in technology. In Australia, it's not an advance in technology. People have tap and go credit cards, every shop has tap and go. There's no need for the banks to get on board to drive usage. But <clears throat> to my mind, it has to come. So I noticed um, some forum conversations, some things about ANZ. In fact, one of, one of, one of my loyal listeners sent me a little, little, little note and said, you should look into this. So I did, and I found a bunch of people who'd been trying to add, get this, add their ANZ cards to Android Pay, and it had successfully added the card but sent them an email confirmation from applepay at anz.com. And the email says, we, you've successfully added your card to Apple Pay. You're joking. So a complete stuff up behind the scenes somewhere in ANZ, but that is not a Freudian slip where someone's typed the wrong word. They're testing, the way, yeah, they're yeah. testing Apple Pay. That reminds me of it. It's, it's like Mac rumors, you know, when they find a line of code that says, yeah. oh, it's going to have a 16-inch screen. AFTM's like Mac rooms? Well, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> you've found a little snippet of information sort of from the, the, the behind the scenes there. I'm not going to go into chapter and verse, but trust me, I'm onto something. The, the phone calls I received the following day indicate to me that I'm onto something Absolutely. because the right people rang me and kind of said, what are you doing? Why are you saying that? Yeah, but you were, you were, the forums were already a buzz with it, weren't they? Oh, yeah. The deep, dark forums of the interwebs. Yes, so, the dark web. <clears throat> no, I wasn't quite the dark web. The, I would never know where that is. <clears throat> the, um, so for me, this is a good sign because you know for a fact, mate, when one bank goes, they're all going to go because they can't not, right? Yeah. So, so we've got Android Pay and Apple Pay. I think what my prediction here on Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode uh, 251, is that when Android Pay, because we know Android Pay is slated for first half of this year, that's what Google said, right? Um, so when Android Pay is ready in the banks, I reckon a couple of the banks will launch both Android and Apple Pay because Might imagine well. you're a bank. Imagine you've got this great new technology called Android Pay, but 50% of your customers are using iPhones. Well, that's going to really annoy them, mate. So I think they'll launch Android Pay and Apple Pay at the same time Absolutely. so they don't annoy any customers. And it'll be a very good day for bank consumers in Australia. Because let me tell you, Apple Pay is bloody awesome. It does make sense, I think, that and, and the, what, what we're hearing from, you know, not only from Apple Pay, but also from Android Pay, Samsung Pay as well, don't forget, is that it's a matter of time. It's coming. Uh, Samsung Pay was promised, I think, in the first half of 2016 as well. The, the I don't big think thing, they're going to make it. The big somehow. thing about Samsung Pay is its its big feature is the swiping of cards, which we don't yeah, do here yeah, in Australia yeah. anymore. So, again, a big yeah, deal for America, you, but not a big deal a, here. Like in your situation at the BP, where they never had to touch a tap and go, that Samsung Pay would have worked there. 
because it would have the old technology would have worked. So no, because it's not chip and pin. See, in Australia, you don't, you can't swipe anymore. You got to chip and pin. But I've, my understanding is Samsung Pay works. If you if anywhere you have to swipe a magnetic strip on. We don't swipe in work. Australia anymore. But that that old that, that place was outlawed in August last year. Well, there you go. It's still saying about Samsung yeah. Pay. It's great, but it's a yeah. US technology because in Australia we've we're so far advanced we don't swipe cards anymore. You have to chip yeah, and pin. So what I, what I like too, and just uh, just talk a little bit about Samsung Pay, is that I'm not sure if Apple Pay does this as well yet because I haven't used it. But Samsung Pay lets you put all your membership cards in in the into the yeah. thing, your your loyalty cards, and, or and everything and in again, there. And again, it's theory, right? Apple yeah. does the same thing in it's theory, just a code, really, but it's but it's all just theory because uh, if I put my Woolworths Rewards card in there, it doesn't yet intelligently link together, right? But Apple's vision and Samsung's and and Google's is that you're standing at Woolworths, you buy your groceries. You, you, you tap and go, and it automatically goes, oh, he's a Woolworth member here, and it automatically sends through the reward details as well. But Woolworths isn't linked in yet, and so there's all these these bricks yet to fall, and why would Woolworths get involved until all the banks are involved? So yeah, sure. we're really waiting for one cookie to crumble, and that needs to be one bank. My tip is ANZ. right oh well, you'd think then ComBank... Mate, Combank, Westpac, NAB, they've got to follow straight after. Anyway, if you want to see those screenshots, if you're an Android Pay uh, Android user, feel free to try Android Pay. I'm pretty sure they've closed the loophole that I was accidentally sending emails. Um, but if they haven't, do get in touch. We'd love to see. What if you cost anyone their job over there, mate? Oh. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> But we do love the old, we do love the old uh, tips. So if you've got tips or you see something interesting, oh, absolutely, um, the blokes love rumours. Ziggy Zaggy's the hashtag. But of absolutely. course, you can direct messages those things privately. Oh, yeah, we don't, you don't yeah. have to don't openly Ziggy Zaggy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode two hundred and fifty-one. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, and the Arlo range of smart home security cameras. Always come in handy for those moments that you're away either for the day or for the week and it happened to me this week we um, we, we were driving down to the country a courier rang me and he said mate the parcel's not here I said champion the parcel is there I pulled over I looked at my Arlo camera at the front door and I said champion look at your feet it is the brown paper bag sitting to your right uh, he laughed a little and then uh, walked away with the parcel. Arlo cameras kick the hell out of it. <laughs> give you re- give you real time view of your home. Plus, they record motion and upload it to the cloud. So it's an amazing system. Which also um, the new Arlo Q allows you to have 24/7 uh, rollback. So you can you can look back at all the activity, all the mo- all the motion, all the video that's been recorded in a continuous form plus two-way audio a great range of uh of products from netgear the arlo range of smart home security cameras check them out at arlo.com slash au now i thought this was an interesting story but, uh, it's it's an interesting life we lead isn't it we just write what, what we think is interesting to our listeners um absolutely i i chose to write about this because i knew it had hit, it had hit a hit a sweet spot with my radio listeners last week for my little just my little spots not my show but you know the little spots you do you're looking for a little hook well how popular are the Beatles in 2016 I thought was a great hook which um, is inspired by Spotify but let's be clear Beatles music has now been available on all streaming services or certainly Apple Music and Spotify but in terms of streaming audio for a hundred days as of uh, as of last week it launched at Christmas last year so what does it mean? And the great thing is Spotify has data. So Spotify can tell us so much about their their audience. So what about this? This is my favorite stats. 6.5 million listeners every month on Spotify alone listening to Beatles music. So you're Paul McCartney. You're a very wealthy man. You've done very well for yourself. You're 
quite old now. You recorded this music 50 years ago, and you're sitting there going, I'm doing okay. On Spotify, 6.5 million people are happily listening to my music. And here's the best part is, they're new listeners. Because the, yeah. the, the key demographic on Spotify is 24 to 35 yeah, in Australia. Born. They weren't born yet. They weren't even yeah. born uh, for, the, for the second round of the Beatles, you know? Like, it's just unbelievable, the, the popularity. Spotify, you know, that's the beauty of it. And, and when they first hit iTunes, and that was a big deal when they were on oh, iTunes, yeah. like in 2010, that was massive. And uh, that's just introduced them to this digital generation. Like the people who were listening to the, who were alive when the Beatles were still playing... Yeah. They have, they've got their vinyl records and we're listening on tapes and all sorts of things. Now, look at the change. And I, I like the lists they've put together, too, of the most popular albums. Uh, do you agree with these lists there, mate? Or the number one, you know they did an album of number ones? That naturally would no, That naturally is because you, you, you want to, the number one album, the you, want the, you want the greatest hits, yeah. Yeah, but Abbey Road was number two. The Beatles, a.k.a. the White Album, number and three. Sergeant Peppers is number four. I think that's a good top four. But here's the cool thing about data, and this is how, how deep Spotify can dig, right? Spotify knows that the most popular day in Australia to listen to the Beatles is Thursday. Thursday. The most popular time across the week, 10 a.m. Who knew? 10 a.m. The most popular time to listen to a Beatles song in Australia, 10 a.m. 10 o'clock. So you're either at work or at home. On the train or something? If you're a music programmer at any radio station in this country right now, you'd be scheduling a Beatles song at 10 a.m. every Thursday, wouldn't you? Absolutely, yes. Well, anyway, it's good data. What's it's fun. Favorite, what's your favourite Beatles song? Though? Oh, it's so a great... To choose from. I'm going to go something like Penny Lane. Like, I don't want to go to Let It Be or Hey Jude on you. I, I kind of like Eleanor Rigby. It's, that uh, yeah, be my that, second. That's a really cool song. Lady Madonna's also a fun one because it's got a, bit of, got a bit of pace to it, you know? Yeah. I like the early stuff too. Like, you know, please, please me. I want to hold your hand. It's really nice. Do you like a bit of Norwegian like wood? <laughs> yeah, I do. The Beatles song I'm talking about. Yes. Uh, I was going to say, uh, what I was going to say, I will not say. But uh, absolutely, yeah. We're, it's two blokes talking Beatles now. Uh, anyway, uh, some of the data and the Aussie data is at eftm.com.au. Yeah, while my guitar gently weeps as well. <laughs> two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, I know that you're not a massive reader, Trevor. Massive? Not massive. But on, on a scale of like massive well, to what's massive. the bottom? <laughs> well, the bottom would be actually opening a book and reading it. No, I'm out. You gone? No, I'm out. Gone. Okay. Well, I am a reader. All kinds of readers. I am actually talking about audio books on the Tech Guide podcast this week. But um, the Kindle has been a favourite device of mine. I I, uh, I do lo- still love printed books. I love buying a book and sort of feeling the texture of a book, the whole tactile experience of a book. You love rubbing pages and smelling pages. You know the whole the whole experience, mate. But the Kindle's handy because you can take a whole selection of books with you anywhere. So if you're travelling, rather than think at all, which which two books should I take? You can take 3,000. We were talking about this on, on the weekend. We've got family friends who are going to take the kids out of school for a term and, and travel around the country in a caravan. Their kids, like nine-year-olds, yep. just book fiends, like love the books. And I said, you're going to have to get a Kindle because you can't. They're, yeah. trying, they're taking a camper trailer. They're trying to pack light. Yeah. You're gonna, these Absolutely. kids are going to need like 100 books. Totally. Well, Amazon has just released the new Kindle, which is called the Oasis. And this is their thinnest, lightest Kindle ever. And what they've done, they've built it in such a way that it, it has a, a the ed, one edge of it is only 3.4 millimetres thick. That's its thinnest point. But it does also have 
an ergonomic grip on the on the side. Like so a yoga tablet from Lenovo? Similar, yeah. And, and what it does, it sort of puts the centre of gravity into your hand. So it's like actually the spine of a real book. And uh, so it even can sense it if you're reading it in your left hand or your right hand and adjusts the, the navigation buttons as well so that they are adjusted so the top button is to go back and the bottom button is to go forward and vice versa. So... Uh, it, it does adjust to that. Uh, it, it's also it's got a new a paper white screen, and this is the screen that creates its own light. But unlike, say, a backlight of a of a tablet or a phone, the light of a Kindle actually fires into the product, so it's not going to light up the whole room. So if you're laying in bed next to your partner, they're not going to be disturbed by the extra light. That's why the paper white technology is so good. Um, and so it's also got that the accelerometer is what helps it detect whether you're reading in your in your left hand or your right hand. It's got a 300 ppi screen, so pixels per inch. It's really sharp screen, so it's as good as printing. A lot of ebooks have never needed that. They've always kind of gone for a lower hit because it's cheaper to produce. But they've they're, they're upping the ante a bit here on the Kindle because they do have a bit of competition. Absolutely. But they are the the standard for for yeah. e-readers, aren't they? And, and another that's right. And another strength of e-readers is just the battery life. The battery on these well on on the Oasis, it's got a battery. Not only in the device itself, but also has a battery in the cover. So you, at one point or other, you're charging your battery. The battery can literally last a month on a single charge. So if you're travelling or you just don't want to have to plug the thing in all the time, uh, it's a really handy device. It's going to be $449. It's available at the end of April. It's not cheap, is it? Well, I think for the device you're getting. I think it's the latest device. It's the greatest device. It's if if you're into your reading and and you know you got to remember that this is also a connected device, so it connects to the Amazon store, so you can download a book in seconds. So I think if if you're a real avid reader, then this is an investment for people to make in sort of to improve that experience. Check out the specs, the photos uh, on TechGuide.com.au, and a full review coming shortly. TechGuide.com.au. Listening to two blokes talking tech. Well, sitting here, it is quite awkward sitting here in the city and just having people, people walk past. They are. They are. What the hell are these people doing? Yeah. <laughs> Random. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it is time. But no one's obviously recognised us, no, mate. We've we got an audience, though, for the first time in a long time. Maybe. Last, Maybe. Time, last time was at the cinema after uh, <laughs> the Steve Jobs after movie. The, that's right. That's that right. Was, that was an awkward experience. Yes. Um, anyway, so we're on to the minute review, Stephen, and um, I'm just going to say on the first one, the Fitbit Blaze, I wore this for a few days. I quite liked it as a watch um, and, a, and a step counter. Um, I, I'm just here's my my 10 second review. I thought it felt a little cheap in in, in basic construction and materials, but a very good uh, watch to have on the wrist. A little bit hard to get the band through the through the clip. I thought that was even though it has that kind of clip on it. Very 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 good little product though. But Stephen, you're a little bit more of a fitness fiend. The yeah. Fitbit Blaze. Yeah, look, I, I've got to say, as a fitness product. It's excellent. Like it, 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 that's its strength. It can count your steps and, and do all. That. It'll give you all that information. Your heart rate was was good, not great. Sort of the accuracy of it. But for anyone who is, is out there, you know, cycling, running, walking, it, it can or do automatically detect those things and give you feedback through the app on the device itself. 
that that's terrific. And look, style-wise, I think it's 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 okay. It's it's obviously not as, as stylish and attractive as say an Apple Watch or a Gear S2, one of those other products. Uh, it does have a does have a mechanism where the actual screen actually pops out of the device. So if you want to swap the band around or, or change it up, or just charge it, or charge it. Yeah, well, took me to took do. me ten minutes to work that <laughs> out. And it comes with a little a USB, a little frame you put around. I tried sticking it in there a hundred times. I couldn't work it out. But the thing, look, I, I think this is more a fitness device than a smart device. Like my review sort of to sum up my review it basically says look it's a fitness tracker in the shape of a smartwatch spoiler alert it's not very smart it, it's it, it can give you some notifications and just very I quite like its notifications I was yeah. wearing it the other day when I was on 2E yeah. for six hours and it was easy I was just glancing at it from a from a notifications of text it was very good it had a good way of you just literally scroll through all your yeah. text I quite like the notification function. I, I had an issue with the sort of the responsiveness of the screen sometimes. Like it, it was a bit laggy sometimes. And ironically, it was when I was exercising. Like, you know, you, you're sort of a bit sweaty and you're trying to navigate the screen. It was actually, that was the hardest time it was to navigate. So, look, I think and at the price, I think it's three twenty nine ninety five. although I have spotted it in stores for under 300 It's two nine nine now. Right, yeah. You know, when you think, though, you can spend another 120 bucks or 100 bucks recommended retail price and have an Apple Watch, then... I think people might be looking to sort of to go to that to that sort of the, to, to that better device. It's in terms of being able to adapt it. There's only like four different watch screens. So if you're really into sort of having adapting it, having a lot more smart features, then you're probably better suited to getting a proper smartwatch. Geez, they put some marketing behind this thing, though. Yeah, and you know, they're, you know, they're, they're the household name when it comes to activity bands. Yeah. Like their Fitbit Alter. If you if you're just really into fitness tracking, the new Alter. Fitbit Alter is fantastic. That, that's perfect. Or um, so, or, or the Charge HR is still a very popular product. Uh, overall, I think that you know, good fitness tracker, limited in the smarts. Uh, you know, if if you if you either want a smartwatch or a fitness band, this kind of touches on both, but it's more on the fitness side. Check it out, techguide.com.au. I haven't written a review because, frankly, it's better off that Jeff does that for eftm.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, I've been given permission here, dear listeners, to chime in. Although I chimed in on the last one. I, what I did was intro the last one you more extensively. You don't need permission. You did say, as we were writing the, intro, writing the list, said, well, you said you can chime, chime in on that. In the, um, the second product you want to talk about is the Sony Extra Bass Bluetooth speaker. Love this little package, mate. Now, you know what? This is a speaker that... Uh, that is a really it's a kick-ass speaker what I like to call it it's, it's got that extra bass it's reasonably priced it's 249 bucks it's which a is decent, on par with your UE booms and your, you know, the main competitors right are the Bose Bluetooth speakers they're not expensive more expensive the UE booms again more expensive sound quality I reckon this is in the same grade they're in the same ballpark uh, and it, but just that extra bass the punch of this speaker is what sold me I think for it, like, if I was to play this speaker in in another room, and and you and, and I'll you, I'll say how big you reckon that speaker is, you'll think it's a lot bigger than what it actually is. So it really punches above its weight. That's what I really like about it. Uh, yeah, streams through Bluetooth. But here's the kicker: the battery on board lasts 24 hours, Ridiculous. and it can charge your phone and your tablet as well. There's a it's USB gonna, port on the back. Playing music, this thing's going to outlast your smartphone. Basically, right. so that, if you call that, look, here's here's the way I look at. It. I look at that as ten solid hours of music playback and one full recharge of your phone on a camping trip. You know, Easy. if you take this thing to the beach, 
you know, you're charging one person's phone while you're playing music. There's, you're never going to need 24 hours worth of charge, right? But the battery on board allows you to charge your tablet and your smartphone. Unless you're partying all day and all night. There's 24 hours for you. That is true. The, and we should point out the, the extra bass is a button on it, which is great. It, it means that you can just be listening to music and then go, you know what? And here's what I did. Mine was always on, mate. I, I turn it on and off. I found, but the only, my, and my only gripe with it is it flicks, like the audio flicks when you turn the extra bass on and off. So it, it kind of switches modes, which is yeah. tiny, a stupid there are other modes too. Yeah, there is. Um, but I, you know, I found that there are there are some songs that are best performed with without that heavy bass. But there's other songs that you can absolutely keep it on all the time. Um, every, if everything feels a bit thinner when you turn the button off, but if you listen for long enough with the button off, you realise you're hearing great quality music. So it's a very very interesting product. I, I really think form factor because it can stand up or lie down. It's and, and waterproof colours, yeah, or it's, it's water resistant. Right, it'll sit, resistant. By, sit by the pool oh, yeah, and it'll cop you, the odd splash. You can't drop it in the pool. Who's right? taking a speaker underwater? Yeah, exactly. Well, not me, that's for sure. But um, it, it's 21.1 centimetres long. It weighs 930 grams, so it's a bit of weight to it. But that's because of the mag- magnets inside the speakers. It's got four 4.8 or 48 millimetre uh, radiators inside the speakers inside. Uh, it's also got a, a rear radiator as well, so that you're getting front and back. Um, the look, I, I think. I expected nothing less from a Sony product. Sony have got uh, quite a heritage in, in right. good audio, and this absolutely was uh, was a pleasure to listen to. Two hundred and forty-nine bucks, which I think is great value. So anyone who's tossing up whether to buy a Bose or or UE Boom, I think they should definitely consider the Sony uh, SRS XB3 as well. I one hundred percent agree. Uh, Stephen's review at TechGuide.com.au. My review at EFTM.com.au. <laughs> Well, thank you very much to the good people at, um, I don't know, Citigroup, whatever the hell this is, <laughs> and um, to the security team who are sitting beside us and haven't noticed us. But interestingly, and this is my favourite tech innovation of the day, they've got a screen there which shows the uh, position of all the lifts. I love it. I'd sit there and look at that all day. Get all the lifts going up and down, well, see where they are and the efficiency of them. Plane spotting, you can go lift spotting now. Mate, that's, that's it. That's just brilliant. I'm a, such awesome. a simple, tragic man. Um, that is 251 in the can. We'll be back again. And we should, sorry, we should say, I didn't say at the start. Let's explain. We should apologise that this is, um, what is it, Monday? It's um, Monday. We brushed last week because I was in uh, the bush with the kids. I'm going away this week. So we kind of sat yes, in the so middle. We did have to accommodate Trevor's travel plans. Oh. Let's put it down to that. And next week we'll be back um, fully fully functioning. And we've got an exclusive uh, um, um, event podcast for you next oh. week um, live week from after, Melbourne. Mate, week after, and that's, right? that's next week, mate. Okay. It's next week. Oh, it's next week. Okay, Wednesday It is Monday week. now. Okay, cool, Next cool. week. I'm with you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Stephen, it's lovely to see you, mate. Yeah, you too.